Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. My contributor, none other than Max Burns, TYT contributor, Rebel HQ creator, remarkable individual, glad to have him on the show. Top story of the day, well known, prominent, talented comedians are now suing. They're now suing because of alleged racial discrimination at Hartsville Jackson International Airport. That's in Atlanta, that is the busiest airport on the planet Earth. Yeah, on the planet Earth. Let's go to it, let's put up the pictures of the comedians who have filed suit. Eric Andre and Clayton English, they spoke at a press conference to announce the lawsuit. Now, this is going to be interesting because what they are alleging is not only connected to the airport, but also connected to the local police department and the DA's office. I'm going to explain. Comedians Eric Andre and Clayton English are challenging a police program. Keep this in mind, it is called or considered a police program at the Atlanta airport. They say violates the constitution and the constitutional rights of airline passengers, particularly those that are black. Through racial profiling and coercive searches, just as they are about to board their flights. Lawyers for the two men filed lawsuit Tuesday in federal court in Atlanta, alleging that they were racially profiled and illegally stopped by Clayton County Police at Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport. Don't let the name Clayton County throw you off. The city of Atlanta, does in fact own the Atlanta airport. However, the Atlanta airport is not actually in the city of Atlanta. It is in a neighboring county known as Clayton County. They annexed themselves into Clayton County, which means Clayton County still has some jurisdictional control over what happens in the Atlanta airport. Just wanna make that clear for the record. Now let me put up the Clayton County Chief of Police. Because we've covered him before on this program <clears throat> due to the fact that this chief, his name is Kevin Roberts, actually had a cop who was under murder indictment train other officers on his SWAT team. We broke the story, we brought it to you first. And because of our reporting, that cop is no longer on active duty. He was indicted for murder of an African American college student, but was allowed to continue to train the SWAT team in Clayton County. We covered it, he's no more. According to witnesses, that chief of police later called me a thug with a PhD. Thank you for the compliment, sir. There's more, two men, the two men, the comedians, well known comedians and actors say officers decided to single them out during separate stops roughly six months apart. Because they are black and grilled them about drugs and other passengers watched. People were gawking at me and I looked suspicious when I did nothing wrong. Andre said in an interview, calling the experience dehumanizing and demoralizing. While the stated purpose of the program is to fight drug trafficking, the lawsuit says drugs are actually rarely found. Criminal charges seldom result, 
and sees cash provides a financial windfall for the police department. I'm gonna break all of this down and I'm going to show you how within their own records, it is clear that the program is adversarial to the US Constitution. Clayton County police officers and investigators from the county district attorney's office selectively stop passengers in the narrow jet bridges used to access the planes, according to the lawsuit. The officers take the passengers boarding passes and identification and interrogate them, sometimes searching their bags before they board the flights. The lawyers say in the lawsuit, the police department calls the stops consensual encounters. However, that's not what happened. They also say these things are random, but in reality, the stops rely on coercion and targets are selected disproportionately based on their race, according to the argument from the attorneys. Now, I want to remind everyone there's all already an issue here. According to the records from Clayton PD, all of these searches, they were given consent. Somebody said, "Oh, absolutely, go ahead and check my pockets, check my baggage, check my luggage. And then here's the irony. By the time you make it on the bridge to get into the airplane, you've already gone through what? Multiple security checks. You've gone through an x-ray machine. You've gone through a checkpoint. You've already been vetted. Maybe you've been searched, maybe you've been wanded. There's more. Clayton County Police spokesperson, Julia Isaac said the department does not comment on pending litigation. Police records show that from August 30th, 2020 to April 30th, 2021, there were 402 jet bridge stops. Do you hear me? 402 jet bridge stops and the passengers race was listed for 378 of those stops. Of the 378 passengers, 211 were black, 211. And the people of color accounted for a total of 258 stops or roughly 68 to 70% according to the lawsuit. Those 402 stops resulted in three, do you hear me? Three reported drug seizures, about 10 grams of drugs from one passenger, 26 grams of suspected gummies from another and six prescription pills without a prescription from a third, according to the suit. Only the first and the third person were charged. So let's do the math here. You're literally violating the constitutional rights of hundreds of people, primarily people of color. You're using the disguise of public safety, trying to find drugs here. And you all are finding damn THC gummies and somebody who forgot their damn prescription pills or their prescription script. That's it. Those 402 stops did something else. What did it do? It yielded more than $1 million in cash and money orders from a total of 25 passengers. All but one were allowed to continue their travels and only two, the ones who also had drugs were charged. The lawsuit says eight of the 25 challenged the seizures and Clayton County police settled each case, returning much of the seized money, the lawsuit says. So literally, you have an operation here, ladies and gentlemen, where people are getting their 
dollars taken away from them. Their dollars are being snatched away. And the police are saying, hey, we're gonna hold on to this. Anticipated evidence for maybe possible future prosecution. You could go on as we conduct our continued investigation, have a good flight. And then it forces you to go through a bureaucratic process to get your own money back. And many times you don't even get it all back and you have never been charged with a crime at all. You see this program seems to exist not for the sake of finding drugs because that's not what's happening. But they are finding money. All right, one of the lawyers who filed the lawsuit NYU School of Law Policing Project co-founder Barry Friedman encouraged anyone, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm encouraging anyone who has had a similar experience to make contact. The lawsuit names Clayton County and the chief of police, as well as four police officers and a district attorney's office investigator. It alleges violations of the constitutional rights that protect against unreasonable searches and seizures and against racial discrimination. The comedians seek a jury trial and ask that the Clayton County Police Jet Bridge Interdiction Program be declared unconstitutional. They also seek compensatory and punitive damages as well as legal cost. Here's how we know about the program. One person said something out loud. Then another person said, well, damn, that happened to me too. And then other people started to come forward. You see, this is an issue of systemic bias, prejudice and policing. And obviously, it's adversarial to public trust and the community they are supposed to serve. It took this long before it came to the forefront, but now it's here. We're gonna continue to update you as this federal lawsuit makes it through the judicial process. But I want to remind everybody, hundreds of passengers that we know of, there may be more, less than 1%, less than 1% of drugs found, but over a million dollars taken by Clayton PD according to the report. Max thoughts on this. Dr. Richie, thanks for having me. Uh, I will say Eric Andre deserves a lot of praise for yeah. coming out and saying this. And if I'm if I'm Clayton County Police, the last person I want to tangle with, and this is Eric Andre, a man who understands his rights, is very dynamic in explaining these issues to people, and has the resources to fight back. Because as you pointed out, this is essentially an operation that flags people who don't have the resources to push back by making you file papers and go back to the airport to get your money back, even if you've done nothing wrong. And as you point out, I mean, this is a so-called random program that is not random. Seven in 10 of these people are black. It's a drug interdiction program that doesn't catch any drugs. About the only thing it does do is pad the balance sheet of the police department. And that depends on people being quiet and being intimidated. And in this case, they've messed with someone who is not intimidated. And this whole house of cards now is gonna get some real sunlight. And that is the last thing these police want. Yeah, they you know, effed around and found out. We're gonna continue to follow this as it develops. All right, Herschel Walker, lying ass Herschel Walker told a story about pregnant cows. Here it is. As they've been saying, 
something is better somewhere else. And I'm here to tell you it's not. So I've been telling this little story about this bull out in the field with six cows. And three of them are pregnant. So you know he got something going on. But all he cared about is kept his nose against the fence, looking at three other cows that didn't belong to him. Now all he had to do is eat grass. But no, no, no. He thought something was better somewhere else. So he decided, I want to get over there. So one day he measured that fence up. And he said, I think I can jump this. So that day came where he got back. And he got back, and as he took off running, he dove over that fence, and his belly got cut up onto the bottom. But as he made it over on the other side, he shook it off and got so excited about it. And he ran to the top of that hill, but when he got up there, he realized they were bulls too. <laughs> so what I'm telling you, don't think something is better somewhere else. This is the greatest country in the world today. Hold on, wait a minute, sir. Trying to follow the story here. So are you are you the original bull? And you did you get the cows pregnant? Okay. He also did an interview with um, ABC News. Don't know why the hell he did this. Obviously, his campaign hates him. Here it is. Did you ever have a conversation with this woman at any time about an abortion? No. Did you ever, to your knowledge, give money to pay for the cost of an abortion? No. Is she lying? Yes, she's lying. Yeah, she's lying. Yes, she's lying. And just to be absolutely clear, I know in the past you have said sometimes that there are things you don't remember. In this situation. Well, that, was, that was before, uh, that was like, what, 20 years ago? Yes. So in this current situation, yes. are you saying a flat out denial to any knowledge of an abortion? Or is flat it out denial, it no, and you don't flat remember? out denial, lie. Lie, lie, lie. And you know what's sad about it? He had, uh, what was it, a receipt and had a check and had all that. He hadn't shown anything. He hadn't shown me having a, saying something about an abortion. And that's, that's what's terrible. This same woman says that you have a 10-year-old son who you've only seen three times. Is that true? Uh, well, that's not true. I've seen him a little bit more than that. But that's one of the things I don't get into because um, they make it difficult for me to see him. And that's one thing I say I won't do. When he's, when he's young, that's, I'm not going to sit there and make his life miserable. You, wait a minute. Hold, hold on, brother. You being an absentee father is somehow better than you being a present father. If you were a present father, you would make his life miserable. You're blaming the mother for your own failure. As a father, you're a real piece of work, sir. Um, here's the reality. Hirsch Walker is a multimillionaire. Got money. He could have hired an attorney. He could have legitimated the child to himself. He could have made and should have made those efforts to be president in that child's life. He didn't give a damn. And he's only saying what he's saying now because he's running for political office and it has become an embarrassment to him and his family. And a slight detriment to his opportunity for victory. That is all. These people are pawns to him. Can you have low intelligence and still be an egotistical son of a you know what? Yes, that's exactly what he is. Now, the woman also claimed he paid for another abortion after the Daily Beast reported Walker paid for the abortion. The report was matched by the New York Times, which reported 
The retired football player also wanted her to have a second abortion. And now the Washington Post is reporting the woman who had re- repeatedly pressed Walker to pay for the abortion. When I talked to him, I said, you need to send, I can't afford to pay for this. The woman told the newspaper, we did this too, both of us did this. We both know how babies are made, she explained. Also during the ABC interview, Walker talked about his pro-life stance and his relationship with his children. Here it is. Tell me about your your position on abortion. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life. I believe I believe in I believe in life. I'm a Christian. I believe in life. No exceptions. Well, I believe in the, in the Georgia heartbeat bill. You know that has exceptions in it because that's from the people. The people. That's from the people. But for me, I believe in life. In the case of incest or rape or the mother's life is at stake if she brings the pregnancy to full yeah, term. The Georgia heartbeat bill accounts for all that, and that's what I say. That's that's a it's in a democratic process of the people. And that's what I've said, I said, guys, I believe in life, I'm a Christian. His oldest son, whose name is Christian, says his dad is a liar. I was silent lie after lie after lie. A conservative influencer with a large presence on social media says every member of Walker's family had begged him not to run in the first place. Christian says though that you're an absent father. (laughs) Do you disagree? Oh, I love Christian and that's what's so funny. I love Christian and and uh, and I've always will love Christian. But I don't think anybody's questioning your love for your son. Well, they know I've been with my son through everything. And that's what I'm saying. You know, Christian was someone that was in the same area where I was at. So uh, I was with him every minute of the day that I could be. There was an interview you did last year with Diamond and Silk when you said, as far as talking about and being very critical of black fathers being yes. absent. And you said, you know, it may be that you have to leave the mother, but don't leave the child. Right. Do you feel that you have been there for all four oh, of your uh, Yes, I have. If they needed me, they know he called. I never get in a fight with a mom and make it tough on them. Now remember when she said, hey, did you visit your 10 year old three times? No, 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 a little bit more than that. Well, what was it, sir, five, six? Is it up to 10, did you do it once a year? Okay, Walker also claims that his treatment of past partners are in contrast, as far as the narrative, um, with the truth. Here it is. Do you think you know Herschel Walker? Well, think again. Listen to what his ex-wife had to say about him. His eyes would become very evil. The guns and knives, I got into a few choking things with him. The first time he held the gun to my head, he held the gun to my temple and said, he's gonna blow my brains out. Yeah, he did that, everybody knows it. Now here's the thing, I believe in a woman's right to choose. I will defend that right, I will proclaim that message until the day I die. Herschel Walker is a hypocrite while he is secretly paying for abortions. He continues to make villains out of individuals who believe in a woman's right to choose. He calls women murderers who have engaged in a medical procedure that is between them, their doctor and their God. This is the state of American politics. Guess what, Herschel Walker is now 
starting to surge in the polls again. The most recent polling data has him basically in a statistical tie within the margin of error of defeating current Senator Raphael Warnock. Max thoughts on this. I'll be honest, I'm still kind of blown away that family values man Herschel Walker is comparing the women he's had children with and his children to livestock. Yeah. I mean, this is where the Republican Party is. It seems that the only exception Herschel Walker believes in is one to save the life of his political career. Mm. I mean, we've not seen a single member of Herschel Walker's family, not one, defending him or saying this is wrong, this isn't who Herschel Walker is. The only person who is defending Herschel Walker is Herschel Walker to the point that his own campaign staff are leaking these stories to the press to try and stop him from making it to the Senate. That is something that should horrify voters. Yeah, and we had a story a few weeks ago of one of his own executives in the campaign saying, hey, this guy does not have the capacity to be a US Senator. Well, we already know that. But the problem is you all know that and continue to take his check and work for this campaign while doing God knows what to the American people in the process. This would be a disaster if he becomes a US Senator. All right, we've talked about this. Black mother has a horrible experience while delivering her child. Here's some of the commentary. Put a finger down if when you were 35 weeks pregnant, you told your boss that you had a backache and you wanted to go home. They ask you to wait an hour. So you go to the bathroom and you feel a slight pain in your stomach, but you think nothing of it until you get out of the bathroom and that pain has intensified by 500 times. You start screaming and someone comes out and calls 911 and they call your husband. Your husband rushes to the hospital and the ambulance rushes you to the hospital. When you get to the hospital, um, you're put in a room in labor and delivery and the nurse on labor and delivery tells you, um, to describe your pain. You start crying, telling her exactly how much pain you were in and she tells you to shut up because she's typing. So you try to shut up, but you're in so much pain that you start screaming, telling her, please, I feel like I'm dying, please help me. And she tells you that if you don't shut up, she's gonna leave the room. So then you quietly beg her to please don't leave the room, just please help you because you feel like you're, you're dying. Let's put up her picture full mass here. Her name is Mary, Mary Catherine. Mary Catherine shared her birth trauma story. Mary Catherine was 35 weeks pregnant when taken to the ER for extreme abdominal and shoulder pain. But instead of being met with help, she was met with medical bias and racism. Mary Catherine continues in the TikTok and says this. She tells you that she feels like you're faking for pain medicine. And so when she does the check of your baby's heart rate and contraction, she sees that you're not contracting. You tell her you have pain in your shoulders and the pain in your stomach is constant. So you don't believe that they are contractions. You don't know what's going on, but you're in severe pain and you need help. She tells you that you're faking for pain medicine and that you need to tell them what kind of drugs you're on. You let them know that you've actually never taken any drugs in your life. You're not faking for pain medicine. Whatever's going on is serious and you need help. She then tells the doctor to order a drug screen. They order a drug screen and the doctor comes in 
and the doctor says that they need to do an urgent C-section to get the uh, baby out because the baby's heart rate is decelerating. The nurse looks at the drug screen results and sees that they're negative and tells the you in front of the doctor that you need to just tell them what kind of drug, a pain medicine, what kind of med, uh, what kind of drugs you're on, so that they can help your baby. You start screaming and crying, telling her, "Please stop saying that I'm on drugs. I'm not on drugs. I'm in severe pain." I have more video. This is not abnormal for black women to face this kind of racial discrimination inside of the healthcare system. Um, there's more, here it is. So then you uh, go into the operating room, it takes them forever to do your spinal. When you lay down, you lose consciousness within three minutes because you start going into a grand mal seizure. They then determined that your blood pressure was 220 over 180 and you actually clearly had uh, eclampsia. Not only did you have eclampsia, but your baby's placenta had detached and your uterus had ruptured from top to bottom and your baby was laying dead in a puddle of blood in your abdomen. Uh, it takes 17 minutes for them to resuscitate your baby. You also lose your heart rate and that takes them 16 minutes to resuscitate you. When you wake up out of your medically induced coma, they tell you that they airlifted your baby two hours uh, away to a better hospital equipped to help him. When you get to the hospital, you're met with a social worker because the hospital lied and told them that you were on drugs. Not only did the hospital lie and tell them you were on drugs, but the hospital also lied and told them that you tested HIV positive, even though you didn't. So you were unable to breastfeed your baby ever. They completely destroyed your birth and almost killed your child. I have significant background and context here, such a sad story, right? Okay, nurses commented on TikTok and said, here's what we believe happened, H-E-L-L-P. H-E-L-L-P is what they described. It means hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes and low platelets. Syndrome is a life-threatening pregnancy complication usually considered to be a variant of preeclampsia. Both conditions usually occur during the later stages of pregnancy or soon after childbirth. Now, I have some great friends at Morehouse School of Medicine where I happen to lecture. And they agreed, all of those symptoms sound case book. What she just described, what the nurse described. Why is it that the medical professionals who accepted this mother refused to engage her as a patient and treated her like a criminal? There's more. The aftermath of the traumatic event is this. In the follow up, TikTok, Mary Catherine shared that she sued and won. Two lawsuits against the hospital. The nurse lost a job within two to three weeks of Mary Catherine's childbirth. But it allegedly had nothing to do with her lawsuit. Her being fired came after the doctor filed a formal complaint against that same nurse. Gross negligence. Following the viral TikTok, Mary Catherine also shared an update to her son. Let's put him up. A true miracle. He's happy, he's doing well. He will forever be my miracle baby. He truly makes a determination to beat the odds. I pray that he's never again robbed of all he plans to contribute to our world. To this young child, you are already a hero, you're already a miracle. Greatness is written all over you. Let's talk about the mortality rates of black women 
inside of our healthcare system in the United States of America. Black women are three times, yep, you heard me right, three times more likely to die from a pregnancy related cause than white women. Multiple factors contribute to these disparities, such as a variation in quality healthcare, underlying chronic conditions and structural racism, and also implicit bias, which you just got a glimpse of. The CDC has dedicated only one week to bring awareness to pregnancy related deaths like this for black women. Black Maternal Health Week is recognized each year from April 11th to 17th to bring attention and action in improving black maternal health. Everyone can play a role in working to prevent pregnancy related deaths and improving maternal outcomes. Uh, here's the thing CDC, let's go ahead and make it a month. Why you add it, make it a year. As a matter of fact, how about we just start making it a reality that black women do not get treated like this in our healthcare systems because you do have the power of purse and you have the ability to withdraw that funding from hospitals who engage in this kind of systemic evil racist biased behavior. Utilize the power that you already have. So good, you had a board meeting and somebody said, let's give black women a week. Let's say that we care, do something. Max Thoughts here. This is such a horrific story and something I've worked on closely here in, in New York. The reality is for black and brown women, for immigrants, for non-English speakers, this happens every single day. And we could give everyone in America universal health care, Medicare for all tomorrow. And that's not gonna change those mortality rates until we change the quality of care itself. That culturally appropriate care, care that doesn't call you a liar, call you a drug addict. It doesn't distrust your ability to read your own body. These things are deeply ingrained in the medical profession and they need to be to be addressed on a level on a systemic national level that we are simply not doing now. Max, you make such a great point because even if you do the ultimate funding, if you have structural racism as the implementation factor, people still have to implement, they still have to execute. You will have outcomes that do not um, seem equal, they, they are not based in equity. Four years ago, a study came out that said very clearly, if you are a black person and you have a black doctor, you are more likely to live longer than if you are a black person with a white doctor. That study still exists, that study was broken down by medical experts all across the United States of America. Why? Because of that factor, that bias that exists between medical professional and the person who needs the medical help. We're gonna stay on top of this. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. I'm pressed for time, so I cannot read them all. Uh, tall glass of shut up juice. Dr. Richie is the type of thug I love. Keep on causing that good trouble. Thank you so much, I appreciate that. Democracy for sale says sounds like a common shakedown to me. Yeah, I'm talking about the police on the bridge. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel free! Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. He didn't pay! It's okay. Just feel I was there the whole time! They have been traveling for 16 hours. You didn't pay. You didn't pay. Somebody gave you a free voucher. Just pay the six 
All right, yeah, confusing, right? Let me explain what just happened, okay? So according to the original poster who was in the taxi with the Karen, Karen, who's not visible, all right, not visible, lost her taxi voucher. She had a voucher that gives you a discount or a free taxi ride. It was given to her by the airline to get to her hotel. Told the taxi guy that she would pay credit instead. We get to the hotel and she gets out without paying and tries to get her luggage from the trunk. Okay, see that's against the law, Karen, you can't do that. The taxi driver driver keeps her stuff in the trunk and she proceeds to call the police. Older couple seen yelling at her were traveling for 16 hours that day and had enough of the blank, the BS. So what did the older couple do? They they said, we'll pay the damn $16, all right? Listen, people who are in service related industries, they depend on the honesty of the individual who they are transporting. Because people like this exist in the world. It seems as if based on the narrative, the woman was aware she did not have a voucher. She said, "Oh, I pay credit." Gets to her location and tries to pull a fast one, and then argues and debates about not paying the sixteen dollars. Ma'am, you're too damn old to treat somebody else like that. And really, it doesn't matter how old you are; nobody should treat anyone like that. But certainly, you should have learned better by now. So we highlight these particular Karens because we provide a mirror—a mirror for reflection and possible correction. Big ups to the couple who decided to step up and say, damn it, I paid $16. And also call out the Karen on her Karenicity. Way to go. Max thoughts on this. All, all this over 16 bucks, I mean, yes. it really is crazy. This, this idea too, that she tries to hop out and, and essentially steal a fare and then calls the police on the cab driver. I mean, this in the same country where we're arresting kids for hopping a turnstile on a 275 subway fare. Mm -hmm. She feels entitled to not pay anything because she felt cheated by her own mistake. I mean, I don't know what to say about this other than I hope that she gets some help. Yeah, um, or some money. All right. Because of a new book out there, that's Huffington Post reporter Andy Campbell's new book, We Are Proud Boys. Well, we have now more insight into the right wing group, even a little explanation on how the group got its name. So we know that the Proud Boys name first came to Gavin McGinnis while he watched with disgust as a 12 year old boy with brown skin sang a musical number on stage at a school recital. How weird is that? And that is Gavin McGinnis right there, yeah, really. All right, so Andy Campbell says this in the book about McGinnis. McGinnis was pissed that he had to be in the audience at all. He already sat through performances of his son playing the drums and his daughter playing the guitar. And now here was this kid singing a song from a Broadway musical. This little Puerto Rican kid comes out and he goes, I'll make you proud boy. It was the gayest effing song. When I was watching, I was like, this is obviously the Hispanic son of a single mom. He did high five a grown man afterward, but I couldn't have, it couldn't have been the real dad. What? 
Yeah, so this is what Gavin McGinnis had said on his show. Wow, racist, classist, ugh, homophobia, run amok, disgusting. Oh, so on the podcast, McGinnis's producer then played a bit of the song, Proud of Your Boy from the Broadway version of Aladdin, which he continued to mock. And this is what he said on the show. He said, OMG, he was singing an Aladdin song, what a dork. The worst part is I don't think he was gay. I think he was just like, this is a good song and I can really use my effing diaphragm. What is up with this? Gavin McGinnis is like a full fledged adult getting upset because he went to like a children's Recital? Are you out of your mind? Well, Campbell concludes the whole incident in his book, writing, The origin of the Proud Boys, a nation's most notorious political fight club, can be traced to one reactionary bigot behind a microphone who hated a child he figured was a fatherless Puerto Rican. McGinnis seems to embrace this characterization through his wife is, though his wife is apparently appalled by it. Yeah, I think his wife and any sane, logical person in this world, like, not only is it just absolutely pathetic, it just there just isms galore with this. This is a disgusting human being, without a doubt, and as are any individuals who identify with being proud boys. Ben, um, it's <laughs> these are they call themselves boys because they are boys. It's the only thing I disagree with what you said, Adrian, calling him a full fledged adult. This is a full fledged child. This person that. This is what you're occupying your mind with. This is what you're occupying your time with. Not just to think you're mocking thoughts bad enough, but then to go on air and talk about it and mock the choice of a young child singing a song and then name your organization after it. They're a bunch of idiotic, racist bigots. They're homophobic children. And thankfully, this group is being ostracized and finally being held to account. There's not much else to say. It's just disgusting and unreal. This is the person that founded Vice News and thankfully they disavow him, but how embarrassing for them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. How are you going to be at like your kid's recital and you're getting all racist and homophobic toward a child who's performing? That is just. Oh, um, that is just beyond me. I do not get it. But then again, that's what these right wing little militia groups are. And they are indignant about their right to engage in this hate. It's utterly disgusting. Pettiness of police officers. Here it is. All right, so there's your stuff back there. And I wrote you two citations today. First one being special restrictions on lamps, uh, which you can read that code. And it says no flashing lights shall be on a vehicle. And at that point in time, you had flashing lights on your vehicle. It's unauthorized. Well, under the Constitution, it's, a, it's protected in the First Amendment. Well, I'm going to look into it. That's in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm going to look into it and yeah. see about West Virginia. Yeah. Um, free speech. You know. Yeah, it's not illegal to do that, to flash a warn, but it's legal to high beam. And it is legal to have flashing lights on your vehicle, uh, not being an emergency vehicle. Huh? I said I'll see. Okay. And I could take you to jail today for your unsigned registration card, but I just wrote you a citation for that. That's actually up to six months in jail. (laughs) You think it's funny, sir? I'll take the ticket, sir. I know, but do you think this is funny? I'm allowed to laugh. I can laugh all Go ahead and step back here for me. 
Sir, I'm asking you to step out of the vehicle. Am I being detained? Yes, sir, you are. Step out of the vehicle. Are you serious? Place your hands behind your back for me. Are you serious? Yes, sir. Place your hands behind your back for me. Oh, man. You're serious, I'm not your brother. Believe me, you're not. Yeah, I'll never be your brother. I'll never be your brother. You'll never be my brother. Just be careful. I don't want to be your brother. This is Corporal J.D. Ellison, and he must be respected. How dare you chuckle at my funny ass? <laughs> All right, the guy is William Inacon or Inaconi. He got two citations before being detained for, as you saw, laughing. Now, the pettiness gets even worse. Here it is. A guy flashing these lights, warning everybody you're sitting there. I'm going after him. <laughs> that was pretty stupid, wasn't it? What's that? Flashing your lights at everybody to let them know that law enforcement was sitting there running radar. Is that what I did? Is that a crime? Yeah. It is? I didn't know yeah. that. You got your license registration proof? Why would you do that? Insurance, I Yeah, you can't hide being people at any time in the daytime or nighttime. I, I didn't know that. I'm sure I could articulate some other kind of driving charge in there for doing that too. That's I mean that's pretty crappy. All right. Now after he was detained, here it is. No. Don't jerk away from me. Don't jerk away from me, sir. Don't jerk away from me. My wallet is in the car. Okay, I don't want you to jerk away from me right there. I was going away from the traffic. No, I was putting you in front of my car. Okay. Which is away from traffic. You're arresting me for laughing. No. I didn't do anything. I'm arresting you for unsigned registration. Okay, all right, that's fine. Okay, so stand right there. I guess I'll see you in court. This is why people don't like the police. Put up the picture here, okay? So what did the cop want to really do? He's not really enforcing public safety. He's not a public safety guy. He's trying to enforce his ego. He's an egotistical guy. Dash cam steal of Corporal J.D. Ellison of Nicholas County, the Nicholas County Sheriff's Department and the motorist. All right, thankfully after speaking with the prosecutor, C.P. Ellison let William go. So literally this guy calls it in and says, hey, he did A, B, and C, I'm taking him to jail. Prosecutor said, why? <laughs> why are you taking him to jail? And he was forced to let him go. Here's the citation William was given. Yep, there it is, unsigned registration card. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? He actually had his registration on his phone. He had a registration card, okay? But the cop wanted to be a jerk. 
Attorney Brian's comments on the citations in a blog post. Corporal Ellison shamefully gave this man a ticket for two alleged violations, at least on paper. Which are allegedly having an unsigned registration card, a card, which is total garbage. As well as an alleged special restrictions on lamps, which was a frivolous charge meant to fabricate the non-existent crime of warning fellow Americans. So remember, what is this about? You ever been driving and somebody flashes their high beams to let you know there's a police officer in the direction that you're going? I do it all the time. If I see the police, I'm gonna let you know, okay? There's no statutory code against doing it. That is not a crime, it's to me being a decent person. All right, slow down if you're speeding, put your seatbelt on if you don't have it. So the attorney, Attorney Brian, goes on to say William actually went to court as directed. William went to court yesterday in the magistrate court of Nicholas County. He represented himself. He was being prosecuted by a prosecuting attorney from that county with the matter presiding before Nicholas County Magistrate Judge Michael Hanks. Magistrate Hanks convicted this man of the alleged crime of special restriction on lamps. He did dismiss the bogus charge of having an unsigned registration card because it's thankfully not even on the books anymore. Which by the way was the offense for which William was placed in handcuffs for. Well, wait a minute here, is that not false imprisonment? Is that not maybe kidnapping? I mean, literally you just arrested somebody that you cannot arrest somebody for. All right, there's more. Uh, The attorney notes on the special restriction of lamps that just looking at the statute, the statute that was utilized. Which is clearly not meant to apply to this situation. It makes an explicit exception citing a different statute that allows for flashing lights for the purpose of warning the operators of other vehicles of the presence of a vehicular traffic hazard requiring the exercise of unusual care and approaching overtaking or passing, etc. So there is a context where statutorily is 100% legal to do. All right, I highlight this story to show you the spirit, the personality, the pettiness of some police officers. Now naturally, we in the black community, we have faced this routinely. I've been right in front of cops who have acted just like that with me. If we do not enforce real reform and yes, even replacement of road cops, this will only get worse, it does not get better. And while you think they're not knocking on your door right now, I guarantee you they eventually will. Max thoughts here. Uh, we're really keeping the hardened criminals off the street here. I mean, you, you show this video and yet there are still people who are gonna ask why the relationship between the public and the police is so frayed. And it's this, this pettiness, it's enforcing laws that don't exist. It's misapplying laws that do exist. It's this demand for obedience over respect for the law. And it shows that you can't even trust when you get to court and they admit that these laws are misapplied, that they'll come to the right decision. It's not really a system that instills a whole lot of confidence in you as an individual. Well said, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Okay, imagine being so racist, that somebody saying black lives matter 
infuriates you. And if you see a sign inside of their house, you need to now penalize them because of how racist you are. Okay, let's do this, right? Let's put up the picture of this woman who was targeted, targeted by her HOA. Now, I've gone on record before and I stand by what I said. HOAs are spawns of the devil. The HOA has come after this white female in Olympia, Washington. She is now facing a financial penalty, a fine for a Black Lives Matter sign, not in her yard, inside of her house, inside of a home. Her name is Shirley, Shirley Paveo. Her homeowners association called a Black Lives Matter sign a violation of the Lost Lake Resort community policy. However, she said she has become a target of a policy that is not legal. Paveo has until Saturday to remove the sign or be fine. So the previous board, and let's put up the Black Lives Matter sign here. The previous board wrote up a new rule limiting what people can have on their homes. The outside of their units, what you could have in your yard, what type of signs, nothing political. So immediately remove my sign, Pavel said. She then placed the sign on her living room wall inside of a house. And that was the end of it until she received another complaint from the board. Okay, wait a minute. She placed the sign inside of her home where she actually does have constitutional rights. You do realize the police can't even go up inside your house without a search warrant signed by a judge. That's a protected space for you. They can't even connect to your what's called a curtilage, which are extensions of your home. They can't even go on those without some level of suspicion or warrant. But the HOA gets to bypass all of that, go inside of your house, regulate you for what you do inside of your home, and then give you a financial penalty for what you decide to do with the sign inside of your house. Damn shame. She received an email outlining how homes cannot have signs or flags supporting or opposing political candidates, social movements, humanitarian causes, or religious beliefs. And it applies to signs outside of the homes, as well as anything displaced from inside a window facing outside that can be seen from the roadway or neighboring units. The sign has been a point of tension in the very rural neighborhood for more than two years. There was an outroar in the community. Specific people started complaining. They wanted it down. Pavel said, that's despite neighbors appearing to be in violation themselves. At one home, a Trump doormat can be seen on the ground. At another, a thin blue line flag was noticeable. All right, so let's get this right. Uh, they are okay with Trump signs or something that signifies their support of Trump. They're okay with blue lives matter. They're not okay with the black lives matter sign inside of your house. Now imagine this, if they're not okay with the black lives matter inside of the house, how do you think they feel about a black person inside of the house? There's more. We reported on a similar story, it's a similar incident 
earlier this year where a lesbian couple in North Carolina were told by their HOA to take down their sign as well. Once again, inside of their homes. And I wanna remind everybody, all of these folks who are going around saying, no, 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 stop saying black lives matter, all lives matter. This is not about race, this is about how we treat each other. You know, when Kanye and Candace did this, the all lives matter didn't say a damn thing. They didn't stop Kanye and Candace and say, whoa, wait a minute, all lives matter, Kanye and Candace. Reason why they never made a fuss about this, about this white lives matter debacle, this shirt that really was an adverse point to the movement of black lives. The reason why the all lives matter crowd did not say anything is because the all lives matter crowd is the white lives matter crowd and they are antithetical to the movement of black lives. That is the reason, they're the same people. All right, Max, thoughts on this? Well, this is to me not surprising at all. I mean, Washington State, a state that enshrined white supremacy in its founding constitution, a state that passed laws banning Asian immigrants from owning land. Yep. It's not surprising to me they're still hassling people over Black Lives Matter now hundreds of years later. What what does shock me here though is is that this individual has stood up and actually, as we said earlier with Atlanta Airport, it's about standing up and not being bullied. And you see that when you stand up like this, you have a lot of allies and that these people can't do anything but threaten you. And it's good for her for standing her ground on this. I want to echo that point and say something directly to Miss Shirley. I hope somebody gets this segment to you. I'm happy that you are an ally. I'm proud of the efforts and I'm thankful for your leadership. Continue to fight the good fight. You know what's right, you know what's in your soul, you know what to do. All right, okay, racist as hell. Let's just go to the video. You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math, so I'm gonna say amen. So what's the thinking behind this? That race is a social construct? <laughs> Hardly. It's elimination of white people, even from our own history and our own fairy tales. While blacks glory in a heroic, all black fantasy past and an all black high tech fantasy future. If that's supposed to boost their self esteem and make them stop shooting each other and us, it's not working. Or is it supposed to demoralize whites, make us think we were bit players in history and have a meager future? Judging from television ads in which all the couples are now mixed race, it looks like we're supposed to miscegenate ourselves into extinction and have no future at all. Black people are posting videos of their children bursting with happiness when they see the trailer for The Little Mermaid. She's black like me. What about the little white girls who say, Daddy, that's not Ariel. Who cares about them? They can't have their own stories. This is all part of the sick and sickening adoration for blacks and loathing for whites we see everywhere. When you are accustomed to privilege, equality looks like oppression to you. Let's put this picture up for a mass here. Now, you are looking at Jared Taylor, okay? 
And we covered him before. Let me remind you of that coverage. Here it is. Growing up, I was eight or nine, and um, I lived in a, a very wealthy part of St. Louis, uh, like a, a rich county that was predominantly white. And then they did inner city busing from East St. Louis into oh this. My. Oh, oh my, oh my, black people. So here's the reality. He's feeding you lies, and I'm talking to the people that may think there's an iota of truth to what he's saying. He's feeding you lies, and there are some individuals who are listening, as a matter of fact, more than some. What he inserts that somehow black people are killing white people. No, 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 sir. White and white crime is a problem. It's at 87%. That's a problematic statistic for you all. And I know that people will push back and say black on black crime. Well, remember, blackness did not have anything to do with the crime. 94% is the number you should think about. 94% of violent crimes are committed by individuals that are at or below the poverty line. Did you know that? But we never contextualize it in such a way, we should. Now, let me read something since he is really upset about fictional characters being played by black actresses. He's upset about how white people are no longer represented in the media. Major media outlets, this is from the Washington Post. Major media outlets routinely present a distorted picture of black families, portraying them as dependent and dysfunctional, while white families are more likely to be depicted as sources of social stability. That's according to a report released by Color of Change, a racial justice organization, and Family Story, an advocate of diverse family arrangements. So while this cat is so racist that he believes black people should not be allowed to play fictional characters that were historically played by white actors and actresses. Still in the media, the reality is white people are still represented as good and many black folk as bad. That's the reality of our current construct. We're trying to change that reality. We're attempting to make transformation in this societal construct. But people like that, they want to do what? Conserve it. That's why they're called conservatives. All right, Max, thoughts here. Oh, this guy is talking about how uh, a black mermaid is a fantasy black past. And I'm just thinking, as opposed to what? All of the white mermaids that are real? <laughs> right. I, I mean, he's talking about how there's not going to be any white little mermaid for girls to look at. It's, it's a, you can buy it right now, it'll be right next to the movie on Disney Plus. None of this is going away. His concern is that, that these stories finally have to share a stage with people who come from different walks of life than him. And it's, it's absurd. I mean, he's spending his time arguing about the race purity of mermaids. You can't make this up. No, you can't, but it shows you what's happening in this world, in this society. And that is the reason why we have to do what we do, all right? It's a sad thing, but it is the right fight. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read just a couple of comments quickly, all right, very quickly. Uh, Mo Fury says he probably doesn't like his leather wallet because it's black and touching his money. <laughs> That's funny, okay. 
Um, and uh, Gomez 420-420, HOAs are Karens in charge of your house. That's right. All right, here we go. Fred Farr, well, Fair King says they're lying on him. He didn't know about all of the money he was stealing, I mean receiving from the state of Mississippi, the poorest state in the United States of America. Let's put his picture up because see, we have receipts that provide provide a contrast to what he has said. Brett Favre is speaking out against allegations that he was involved in Mississippi welfare fraud case. Favre has denied any wrongdoing and asserted that he was unaware of the origin of the money. He issued a statement saying, and I quote, I have been unjustly smeared in the media. I have done nothing wrong and it is past time to set the record straight. No one ever told me and I did not know that funds designated for welfare recipients were coming to the university or me. I tried to help my alma mater, USM, a public Mississippi State University, raise funds for a wellness center. My goal was and always will be to improve the athletic facilities at my university. What he's not saying in the statement is that the money coming to the institution and to him benefited his family. Because this is where his daughter played volleyball, right? So he has this, you know, connection that continues to benefit him and his daughter. So let me give you background on the scandal because I got receipts that provide a contrary narrative to what he has just said. Favre, who has not been charged, not been charged with the crime, has been entangled in the massive corruption scandal that reportedly involved more than $77 million and has ensnared several high ranking government officials. Favre was allegedly paid 1.1 million from the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families program. That that didn't ring a bell to you, sir? That you're getting paid from TANF? $500,000 in December 2017, $600,000 in June 2018 for purported public speeches. The football legend never gave at events he never attended. Okay, so let's get this right, Farb. You're saying that magically the state of Mississippi decided just to give you over a million dollars for work you never performed. He then gives the money back. But sir, if you did the work, why would you give the money back? If there's no malfeasance, why do you give the money back? The auditor of the state of Mississippi says Farb still owes them well over $200,000 because of the interest. The state has determined, sir that you never should have had that money in the first place. Obviously, you determined the same thing, evidenced by the fact that you returned it. Here's the thing, Barb, you know what you've done for yourself? You have provided evidence of a guilty conscience and you don't even know it. When you return money through ill-gotten gains, you are providing evidence of a guilty conscience. That's what you've done here. Your attorney will explain this to you, I'm sure they have not already. Let's put up the picture of the relationship with one disgraced and recently convicted individual. Her name is Nancy, Nancy New. Nancy is a nonprofit director and one of the welfare schemes principals was thrust back into the spotlight last month when text messages that we reported on exchanged between the two were made public. That's Nancy, Nancy is a welfare queen. Now you see the text messages, here's a reminder. Favre says, and I quote, if you were to pay me 
Is there any way the media can find out where the money came from and how much? Whoa, let's stop right there, Favre. Wait a minute, Favre, did you not say in your statement, sir? I have been unjustly smeared in the media. I have done nothing wrong and it is past time to set the record straight. No one ever told me and I did not know that funds designated for welfare recipients were going to the university or me. You said you didn't know, but you're asking the chief co-conspirator, hey, can they find out where this money is coming from? Can the media figure this out? There's more. Nancy says, this is her statement, no, we never have had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy, uneasy about what? What is he uneasy about? If it's an on record up and up transaction, why is he concerned about these things? She says, no, we have never had that information publicized, which means what? They've done it before, ladies and gentlemen. They have pulled this scheme before. That's what this answer means. No, we have never had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that though. Let's see what happens on Monday with the conversation with some folks at Southern. Maybe it will click with them, hopefully. Barb says, okay, thanks. Nancy says, and I quote, wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. I'm gonna explain who that is. He is on board with us. We will get this done. You know who Phil Bryant is? He's a former damn governor of the state of Mississippi. I wonder how much he got paid. Cuz you know good and damn well he did not do it for free. Barb responds, awesome. I needed to hear that for sure. I mean, he's excited. Listen, I'm Barb is just celebrating. It's like a touchdown. I get to steal some welfare money. Media won't find out about it. We get these millions in. The former governor is involved. I'm good here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Every time I do a Brett Favre story, uh, your fans start coming at me, sir. I don't give a damn about how many touchdowns you threw. I don't care about your athleticism. I'm telling the truth. Shame on you for stealing money from welfare. It's individuals that should receive the welfare that they paid into. These are people that need the money. You took money from the poorest state in the entire country. And you express no remorse. You didn't even throw the other people under the bus who have already been convicted of stealing money that you were in relationship with. No words for them, huh? There were also text messages. Let's put the former governor back up here. Between former governor Phil Bryant pushed to make NFL legend Brett Favre's volleyball idea a reality. Remember, that's the program his daughter was a part of. Just let Brett Favre, Brian texted nonprofit founder Nancy in July of 2019, within weeks of Davis's departure. Can we help him with this project? We should meet soon to see how I can make sure we keep our projects on course. Okay, there's more. When Favre asked Brian how the new agency director might affect their plans. Now, why is he posing this? He's posing it because he's concerned that the new director may not be down with the conspiracy. So far poses a question to the former governor about the new director and how it may affect the plans to fund the stadium. But the governor, the former governor assured him and I quote, I will handle that. 
Long story short, but had to make a change. But I will call Nancy and see what it will take. According to the filing and a text, Favre forwarded to Nancy New, who has been considered one of the chief co-conspirators in this criminal enterprise. And she does now have a conviction on her record. You know why this story is so damn infuriating? You know how many black women they arrest for $400? Misuse of the system, they call it. They want to literally create a federal case out of pennies when it relates to black people. But far, here we go. You know how many other NFL players have been caught up in various scandals? They went to jail, they got charged, not Brett Favre. Max thoughts on this. Well, I'll tell you, there's a rule that applies to most normal people that ignorance of the law is no exception. And if you take a million bucks from someone and don't ask any questions, you know that doesn't yeah. make you innocent, that That's makes right. you stupid. And, and now, I mean, you look at these messages, Brett Favre is certainly asking a lot of really specific questions for someone who had no idea what was happening. Yeah, I mean, at some point in the text message, you should say, what's all the secrecy about? This is on up and up. I mean, what's the problem here? All right, but he never asked that, never posed that question. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to have you here. Let me remind people of Aspiration, all right? Aspiration, you can sign up today. Website is simple, aspiration.com forward slash TYT or scan the QR code on the screen. When you open an account with Aspiration, you have the chance to reduce and mitigate your carbon footprint, fight climate change and give forests and animals another chance. Go to aspiration.com forward slash TYT, sign up or scan the QR code you see on the screen right there. And we got five days, our sister. Senator Nina Turner, Unbossed is coming. Subscribe to Unbossed with Nina Turner and get ready to tune in daily, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. That begins October 17th, the countdown is now. Make sure you subscribe if you've already done so, get a friend, get multiple friends. Make sure your whole family subscribes to this amazing show that's coming up. Let me read some of these great comments. Travenous Dragon, he needs to be wiped out of the Hall of Fame for starters, right? Okay, let's go to Jax Drax again with the victim complex BS talking about far. All right. Oh, I, I, I had no idea that anything was wrong here. Even though my text messages provide consistent proof that I knew something was wrong here. And I returned all the money. And never did the work. All right. Here's the thing. People keep saying they're good cops. I hear the narrative all the time. There are more good cops than bad cops. Okay. I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to prove it. Those who work in private sector or government sector, I now have a way for you to contact us at Indisputable so that we can uncover and highlight what's happening around this country and bring justice where justice is not. Let me remind you of some of the stories you have helped us break. 
indisputable, exclusive, no other news agency has this video, no this story. Let me first put up a picture of a young lady who was violently arrested by the police profiled by cops. She did nothing illegal, no charges, nothing. I have a private investigator and an attorney headed to that prison this weekend. Now these cats are not to be played with. If you decide, I'm talking directly to the prison director. If you decide to play games with them, the public relations and legal nightmare coming to you will be well earned. Can you give us an update as to the status of your brother, the medical care he's receiving now, and the representation he currently has? I visited Mr. Gunn yesterday after I was not entering to the prison. They called me and let me know to come back and visit him. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to provide you with how to get in touch with me. How to get in touch with the team right here at Indisputable is real simple. Go directly to indisputable at tyt.com. This is where you submit your tips for indisputable investigates. Indisputable at tyt.com. Once again, indisputable at tyt.com. This is an opportunity for those who may not trust the bureaucracy, the protocol of their established government agency, or even the HR in their private sector. If there's injustice, if there's malfeasance, if there is racism, if there is bigotry, I want to know about it. Now to the police officers specifically, you keep saying that there are more good cops than bad cops. You tell me all the time that you're one of the good people, you're one of the good cops. Prove it to me, prove it to me. Now many of you, I'm talking to police officers specifically, you are afraid of the police, I am not. Send me the information, Max thoughts. No, I think that's that's absolutely right. And I think the more people start to speak out, the more we will find that these these walls of intimidation and these walls of oppression fall down. And the best thing people can do is use that voice while we still have it. Well said, dear brother. It's a pleasure, man, having you on the show. I appreciate your commentary and your spirit. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. You can follow me at Rebel HQ and on Twitter at the Max Burns. And thanks so much for having me, Dr. Richie. Thank you, man. Looking forward to having you back. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.